we thank God for the opportunity to come and sit at his feet once again and to begin to prepare for the table of the Lord on Sunday so that we will receive the blessings of the table of the Lord. Shall we bow for prayer? Our Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you that you are here in our midst because we have gathered together here in your name. Lord, we pray that you will show us mercy. We pray that you will, you will teach us as we have sung. Lord, show us your way, Lord. Grant that we will have such understanding of what you have done for us on the cross of Calvary and who you have made us and your purpose for our lives. Lord, that we will understand even the divine exchange at the cross where you took our sinful nature and our punishment upon yourself and you gave us your divine nature with all its benefits. Lord, help us to understand so that we will not devalue what you have done for us. Let your spirit prevail and brood over us tonight. All of us here even under the sound of my voice. Let your voice come forth. Grant me utterance to speak your word in the way that it should come and its power to transform our lives even into your likeness. We thank you for what we are about to receive tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Peace and many blessings. Yeah, so um, tonight... We are looking at the subject, how to live a holy life. How to live a holy life. This is not a, a trending topic uh, in these times. Uh, it sent me back to the early 80s when we were in the fellowship and we were doing Bible studies. These are some of the topics that we we used to treat in our Bible study and we will memorize the scriptures that God says that we should be holy because he who called us he is holy but it's been a long time since I heard a topic like this <laughs> um, but holiness is very 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 important it's so so very important and I was even beginning to wonder, ah, so how come that is becoming a very scarce uh, topic for discussion? Um, because it says that without holiness, no man can see the Lord. And without holiness, we cannot even enter into heaven. There is nothing unholy that can enter into heaven according to Revelations chapter 21 
verse 27. It says, But they shall by no means enter. By no means enter it. Anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. But only those who are written in the book of life. Amen. So, if we say that we want to know Jesus and share Jesus and prepare to be with Jesus, I believe that these are some of the very important things to consider as we prepare to be with Jesus because we don't know when Jesus will come. And we don't know when he will also say, come home. So, we always have to live our lives in a manner that pleases him so that um, whether he comes in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening or in the midnight time, we will always be found having the right standing with God. God commands us to be holy. In, um, even in the Old Testament, Leviticus chapter 11, verse 45, it says, For I am the Lord who brings you out, who brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. Amen. So this is what God commanded his people. And uh, I believe that as we are coming to the table of the Lord, it's also a very important thing to be considering. Because when we are coming to the table of the Lord, in the manner that God has asked us to, um, to do everything uh, in remembrance of him, that remembrance actually also helps us to appropriate the holiness that God has given to us by sending his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross. If we don't remember, then it's very easy to forget ourselves. So, as we are preparing even for the table of the Lord, it shouldn't be the type of holiness that is just um, a, a kind of demeanor that we assume when we are coming to the table of the Lord, we are coming to the presence of the Lord, and you know we just um, assume a very holy, um, reverent demeanor for the, for the time being. When we are in the presence of the Lord and we are taking the bread and drinking the wine, and then after that, it's business as usual. I don't think that that's how God wants us to live. God wants holiness to be our lifestyle. Because he who called us, he himself, is, is holy. And if we don't understand what we have and who we are, we can easily um, sell our birthright. 
if you don't know how much something costs, it's very easy to take it as something that is very, very trivial. You will not even value it at all. If you know the, the cost of something, that this is something that is very, very, very expensive, you will really cherish it. And so we need to understand what Christ has done for us so that we will appreciate our standing as children of God. Um, when you go to school and um, they teach you and you don't understand, when the examination comes, you will fail. Or maybe you understood, but at the time of the exam, you forgot. And so you cannot give the right answers. You will also fail. So that's what happened to the people of Israel in uh, Psalm 106. Verses 6 and 7. Psalm 106, verses 6 and 7. It says, We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. 7. Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They did not remember the multitude of your mercies, but rebelled at the sea. The Red Sea. Hmm. Lord have mercy. So it's, this is what happened to them. They did not understand. They did not remember. And because of that, what do we see happening? Sin and wickedness and iniquity was what was prevailing. But I believe that the reason why our Lord Jesus told his disciples and is also telling us that as often as we we partake of his body and his blood, we should do it in remembrance of him. We should remember that at the cross he took away our sins. The sin that separates us from God, the sin that made us unholy and defiled us and took us far away from God. He took it away and reconciled us with God. And he saved us. He delivered us from the control that sin has over our lives. He delivered us from the power of Satan. So we are no longer his slaves. He can't push us around. Jesus set us free. He delivered us from the consequences of sin. That is, sicknesses, diseases, and death. That is the second death. Um, The second death is being separated from God and facing eternal punishment. Going to hell. uh, To put it it bluntly. And that is in Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. At the cross, this is what Jesus did for us. He healed us. He set us free from the system of the world. He took us from the domain of darkness and brought us into his kingdom. We have to remember all that Jesus has done for us. 
so that we will not continue to live in, in sin and depravity because at the cross Jesus has done a great exchange he has taken away our wretchedness he became he was rich but he left his riches to be to become poor so that um, through that we will inherit the riches of his divine nature isn't that wonderful and we need to understand this because if we don't understand we can be like Esau who just sold his birthright and I was trying to explain to some children last week what Esau did um, I told them that it's like having a very big inheritance something very valuable that can buy you like a whole city that is how valuable it is and then one day you were very hungry you looked everywhere you couldn't find food there was no food available for you and then you took the treasure and you went to the watches seller and said watches seller take this my thing and give me one plate of your watchy. And they all went like, ah, oh, just one plate. It's not like, you know, as long as watchy lasts, every day I'll come for my supplies. You know? <laughs> so they were so horrified. I said, that is what Esau did. He said, that, uh, what is a bet right to me? When I am dying of hunger. We are God's children. We have now become the children of God. We have become partakers of his divine nature. And that also includes holiness. We can't describe God. God. God is so indescribable. But his nature also includes holiness. So when we give our lives to Jesus, and we inherited his nature, he gave us the power to become God's children. Then, we also inherited his holiness, his righteous nature, his love, everything that God is. That is what we have inherited. So, we should value who we are in him and never compromise on that. Never give in on that and say, oh, yeah, because things are tough. So, I mean, I have to put all these things aside and see how, uh, check my far and see how I can get around. That is the Esau's attitude. Holiness is very important. And God is the one who initiated holiness. Even though the command has come that be holy, because I am holy, the natural, no man can naturally be holy because um, we are born in sin and we are shaping in iniquity. That is the nature with which we came into the world. So, the attempt that man made to measure up or to kind of make up for the glory that he has lost could not measure up at all. 
in the sight of God, it was like filthy rags. So no one can measure up without, uh, to God's holiness without God's provision, without God's initiative. And God took that initiative in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. We see how God took this initiative. He says, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Um, Add the verse 8 to it. Let's read verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Amen. Yeah. Um, in one version I read, he said, lest any man should boast. We can't boast about this. Let's look at it in the NLT as well. He says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Hallelujah. So he saved us by his grace. It is not... He he just favored us and saved us from the power of sin, that which contaminated us and took us far away from God and brought a quarrel between us and God. God showed mercy and he showed us his love by saving us. So, this is God's initiative and someone will say but is it even possible for a person to live a holy life God has made that also possible because if if it were not possible he wouldn't be telling us to live a holy life so he has made a provision for us to be holy second Peter Chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. And we'll take that in the NLT, please. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Hallelujah. So he has made the provision for us and the provision that he has made for us is that we will be able able to live a godly life as long as we live on this earth once we tap into God's divine provision we will be able to live a holy life or a godly life and um, this comes by knowing him if we don't know him or we don't know him progressively 
we cannot um, also progress in in living a godly life or living a holy life. So, well, we can see that God has uh, given us promises, and these promises, these precious promises, are to enable you and I to share His divine nature and escape. Hallelujah. Escape from the world's corruption that is caused by human desires. Our own desires can um, draw us into unholy living or ungodliness. But if we tap into God's promises and God's provision, we will be able to escape the influence of um, human desire and the influences of the world and the influences of the, the prince of the power of the air who is in control of the children of disobedience. We are no longer under his, his domain. So we need to understand the work of the work that God did for our redemption and also um, apply the knowledge that we have gained. But this cannot, um, holiness is not possible without salvation. That's the point where it actually begins. And we have read about that from Ephesians chapter, chapter 2. So that is where he saves us from our trespasses and sins. He makes us children of God when we believe. When we believe in him, when we have faith in the work that he has done on the cross of Calvary, that yes, he has come to settle it all, uh, the penalties for our sins. He came to settle everything by shedding his blood for us to wipe away all our sins. Then we are, we are saved. So that is the, the starting point. That's the starting point. We cannot, there's no one who can attempt to be holy um, when they are doing it outwardly and they have neglected the, the internal work, workings of God's grace. Otherwise, it will be very good outside where man looks, but inside where God looks. It will be rotten. So that's what the Pharisees and the Sadducees were trying to do. They were good at doing the outward ones. But they denied Jesus Christ, the one who was bringing them salvation. And Jesus told them that you people are like whitewashed tombs. This painted white and looking grand, decorated with flowers, but inside is what? Dead, full of dead men's bones. The holiness that we are looking at this evening is the holiness that God himself has initiated from inside. When we have also believed in him, when we have 
agreed with him to have a relationship with him to become God's children because when we are born of God then we carry his nature we carry his DNA and that's when we can be truly and genuinely holy um, there's a saying that a crab cannot give birth to a bed yes so we, if we want to be real children of God um, carrying his nature and his resemblance that there is no controversy or confusion anywhere as to who you belong to or whose child you are then <laughs> it starts from, from within you must be born of God you must be born of God this is the very, very critical one. Otherwise, it is just uh, going through the religious um, practices. And God says that there are people who are worshipping him with his mouth, with, with their mouth, but their hearts are very far away from him. God does not want us to be far from him. He wants us to be true children of his so as soon as we are born again he says that as many as received him to them gave he power to become the children of God even to as many as believed on his name so when you believe in Jesus Christ he gives you power power to live a holy life power to overcome sin power to say no to sin he seals you with the Holy Spirit who is always telling you, bearing witness with your spirit that you are different. You are a child of God. As for you, don't touch this. As for you, do it this way because you are a peculiar person. You are a special person. Hallelujah. So, living the holy life is, is possible. It's possible. Hallelujah. Nobody should say that it is not possible. It is possible because he says that it is God himself who is at work in you and I who have believed both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Hallelujah. And the scriptures say again that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So we shouldn't um, carry this mindset that oh it's not possible for anyone to live a holy life it is possible and if we believe that it is possible and we we agree with God that it is possible and we tap into his divine provision yes we will carry about his divine nature which also includes holiness hallelujah the, the word of God cannot be set aside when it comes to living a holy life. The Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 25 that he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed 
in what he does. Hallelujah. So, the word of God is the perfect law of liberty. Hallelujah. May I have underlined that side of my the scripture. The perfect law of liberty. What is God's word liberating us from? God's word is liberating us from sin. The psalmist says that thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against you. So the word of God liberates us from sin. It liberates us from the self-life. Liberates us from from the world system. From the power the powers of darkness. That is why the word of God is called the perfect law of liberty. Think about that again. The word of God is the perfect law of liberty. So if we are in the habit of studying the word of God, looking into this perfect law, I remember um, coming up with the same verse. And this time, it came afresh to me in this way that the word of God has power to liberate anyone who looks into it and will and will not forget and will not forget what he has seen that if I see in the word of God that yes I am a child of God sin does not have dominion over me I have been translated from the domain of darkness I am now living in the kingdom of God and have been sealed by the precious Holy Spirit. And I am exempted from the well system because I am under the kingdom of God. If I believe this and I hold fast to it, my life will be different. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The word of God is the perfect law of liberty. So, if we don't read the word of God, last, well, last week or in the past week, um, someone was telling us what Jesus said to the people who were trying to tempt him. He said, you people are mistaken because you do not even know the scriptures and you do not even know the, you don't understand the power of God. So, if we don't know the word of God, we will make mistakes. So, it is important to know the word of God. That is the perfect law of liberty. That is, it contains all the exceeding great and precious promises that God has given to us so that we will be able to live a godly life and escape from the corruption that is in this world. Without the word of God, we have no means of escape. So we need the word of God to live a holy life. The one who knows the word of God, who knows God, will be strong, will be rooted and grounded in him. There is no wind that can uproot that person. So let us cherish the word of God. Let us make it a habit of studying his word, looking into the perfect law of liberty. Now, 
the Holy Spirit also helps us to live a holy life. Hallelujah. Because he's the Holy Spirit. Amen. So he's there to help us. He is our helper. He teaches us. He is the spirit of grace. He, he teaches us to deny all ungodliness and, and walk in the light. So the Holy Spirit helps us. And the blood of Jesus Christ also cleanses us and makes us holy. Amen. Um, we'll look at First Peter chapter 1, verse 2. In the NLT, he says, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. And his spirit has made you holy. Hallelujah. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. Amen. So, the Holy Spirit has made us holy. He has given us the kind of heart that loves to obey God. That will exhibit the, the nature of God. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. Hallelujah. So, if we know the word of God. We know the scriptures and we know the power of God. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. We are able to walk and live a holy life. The Lord is good. He doesn't um, give us instructions without making, uh, giving us the provision to be able to fulfill it. So, we have to appropriate all that God has given to us so that we'll be able to fulfill this command which says that be holy because I am holy. And then we should also okay let me say something about the, the blood of Jesus Christ. You know the Bible says that when we confess our sins when um, we falter and we acknowledge our sins, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. So, at the first instance when we were being born again and the blood of Jesus wiped away our sins and made us a new creation, the blood of Jesus also continuously cleanses us from all sins when we acknowledge our sinfulness and our um, weaknesses before him he continues to cleanse us and um, when we fellowship the bible says when we, we we walk in the light we fellowship with one another the blood of jesus christ says john 1 7 uh, the blood of jesus christ his son cleanses us from all sin. So, as we walk in the light and we fellowship with believers, like we are here fellowshipping and we meet other believers 
and we are sharing in the word of God and praying together, the blood of Jesus Christ is there. And he's um, cleansing us from all sins. Um, the book of Hebrews, he talks about the, the, the gathering of the saints. And he's, he calls it that you have come to Mount Zion. You have come to a whole city of the living God. And he's talking about who is present there. God himself is there. Jesus, the mediator, is there. There are uncountable angels present. And he mentions the blood of sprinkling too. That speaks better things. Hallelujah. So when we gather in the fellowship of believers, this is the powerful thing that the blood of Jesus is doing. He is cleansing us. He is making us, he is removing our spots and our wrinkles and our blemishes. He is making us look more and more like God. Uh, more and more like Jesus. And at a certain time, when we begin to show forth the the character of Christ, everybody will know that, oh yes, they have been with Jesus. This person has been with Jesus. This person has been following Jesus. So, the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus Christ, um, which prevails when we fellowship with believers and when we also sincerely and genuinely confess our sins. So, also abiding in the presence of the Lord. In Second Corinthians chapter three, verse eighteen. Okay, let me do it from verse seventeen. Second Corinthians chapter three, seventeen. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty hallelujah so one of the the workings of the holy spirit in our um, making us holy is he liberates us wherever he is he brings liberty to us he frees us from any power that suppresses and oppresses us and then um, verse 18 but we all with unveiled face beholding us in a mirror the glory of the lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. So when we are, um, we are in the presence of the Lord, we love to be in the presence of the Lord, having fellowship with the Lord, worshiping in His presence, in sincerity. He talks about um, with unveiled face. There's uh, nothing that we are covering up from the Lord. The Lord knows everything anyway. There's nothing that can be hidden from Him. But sometimes we, 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 we take the worship of God as um, a, a, a routine and we detach our hearts from it. That veils us from this encounter. That will transform us into His likeness. So, the word of God is guiding us as to how we can fellowship with the Lord in order that we will be transformed to his image, transformed from glory to glory. We'll be in his likeness. So if we want to live a holy life, then 
not we want, but if we, we are determined to obey God's command to live holy, then these are some of the things that we ought to practice and never shy away from them. We don't have to, um, to backslide and go back to how we used to live before. Second, First Peter chapter 1, I think from verse 13 to 15, also has something to say to us. Yeah. So after we have been told in the verse 2 that God has made us holy by his spirit and he has given us that ability to obey him. Now from verse 13, he says that, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as obedient, as God's obedient children. So that's how we ought to live our lives, as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. So backsliding will not help us to progress in, in holiness. So backsliding should be cancelled out of our lives. Say, don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't, you didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do. Amen. Just as God who chose you is holy. God has chosen you and me to be his children. And so we have to resemble him. Um, if we are God's children, we must look like him in all forms. People shouldn't look at us and be doubting. They are. Is this person really, did you say this person is also a Christian? And he goes to a CFCC, Covenant Church. Yeah. Hmm. No, there should be no such question marks or controversies about our lives because we are God's children and our lives must resemble Him. It's for this, yeah. See, but, but now you must be holy. So holiness is a must. You must be holy in everything you do. So it's not only being holy when we come on Sunday to take the communion. Uh, but we must be holy in everything that we do. For the scriptures say, verse 16, you must be holy because I am holy. Praise the Lord. So, no backsliding, but living as God's children. We must know that we are God's children. And we must live as such. In First John Chapter 1, he says that, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. 
Now we are God's children. So, having that consciousness that we are God's children, we must live our lives as such. I read something in the Psalm 101, and I, I thought to myself that, oh, okay, so this is Holiness 101. Yeah. Psalm 101. I was reading the entire um, chapter. It's just eight verses. Um, okay, let's do that quickly. So, I will sing of the mercy of, I will sing of mercy and justice to you, O Lord. I will sing praises. I will behave wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk within my house. With a perfect heart. Me do hand chin break. Soon as I got here, then I was like, I stopped. Prophet Isaac Kujo says, when you are reading the Bible, you must stop and think. So I stopped and I was thinking that, wow. So these are basic things, principles concerning living a holy life. Um, let's look at that in the NLT. I'll be careful to live a blameless life. When will you come to help me? It's important to ask for God's help. Because without him, we can do nothing. In ourselves, we don't have that ability. Our source, God is the source of our strength and the power to live a holy life. So that is what the psalmist was doing much as he was determined and careful to live a blameless life he knew better to ask God for help amen he says I will lead a life of integrity in my own home amen so if a person is living a life of integrity or living a holy life in their own home then they are truly, really holy. They are not um, black and white, 50 50. Uh, they are not like a chameleon, changing colors everywhere. Everywhere we go, then you change. And then somebody says, if you go to Rome, do as the Romans do. But you are not a Roman, so why are you doing as the Romans do? You know, so um, in our own homes, that is where um, really, 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 if we are Christians and we are true children of God, that is where it must show first, not outside. So that was the aim of the songwriter, that I will live a holy life in my own home. In verse 3, okay, let's continue. I will refuse to look at anything vile or vulgar. I hate all who deal crookedly. I will have nothing to do with them. 
I will reject perverse ideas and stay away from every evil. I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. I will not endure conceit and pride. Stop and think. So, there's a lot that living a holy life, uh, what we look at, uh, what we look at, the things that we watch, there's a lot that it has to do with our living, our ability to live a holy life. So, this one says that I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. The vile and vulgar things, they are all around us. It's so easy to chance upon things of that nature. It is so common now. When we're growing up, you have to take your money and go and buy a certain magazine before you see such vile and vulgar things. Now, hmm, you are carrying your own phone. You are maybe even watching something on YouTube or something will just pop up like that. We have to be determined that we will not look at vile and vulgar things. And we don't have to affiliate and associate with um, those who deal crookedly or crooks. Yeah. We shouldn't be crooks. And we shouldn't associate with those who are crooked. Their ways are not straight. Um, they are not straightforward. They are like this, like that. Come see, come sir. We should, we should not have nothing to do with them. And also, he says, I will reject perverse ideas. So, anything that doesn't align with the word of God, he says, that one goes into the trash. I will have nothing to do with it. I will stay away from evil. When you have the fear of God in your heart, you stay away from evil. You run from every appearance of evil. You flee like run, 100 meters dash. Um, and he says that I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. So don't entertain gossips. Don't entertain gossips. It is one of the basic things because um, sooner or later, with emphasis on the sooner, you will also become a gossip. You will be sharing the gossip. So the person brings the toli. Next time you also see something, then you take the toli. Then you become partners in gossip. So we need to... Um, we need not tolerate people who slander, who come and say things, you know, and we've been told, things that we ought to think about, uh, things that are pure, things that are true, things that are of good report. The thing is not a good report. It is not even true. You have not even verified it. If they come and call you just now to come and remove your mouth, you won't even know where the thing, if then you will see that, hey, the thing cry is not true. Hey, this thing, then you are hot. So, 
we should not entertain such things. Mm-hmm. We don't entertain people who slander. And we say, I will not endure conceit and pride. We don't have to be proud or self-conceited. Sometimes you may decide that I don't want anything to do with pride. But somebody can come and um, sponsor your pride and be telling you who thou art. Uh, But we have to know that Pride goeth before destruction, and the haughty spirit before a fall. We shouldn't allow anybody to uh, feed us with things that will make us um, have an exaggerated, an exaggerated sense of our importance. That is the way to pride. So we. We have to see ourselves the way God sees us, not the way people see us, and not the way we think of ourselves. Hallelujah. And then, verse 6, he says, I will search for faithful people to be my companions. Hallelujah. (laughs) He's doing a search. So he has not just left it to chance. He says, I will search for faithful people to be my companions. Who are your companions? Have you run a search on them? Are you sure who they really, really, really are? Especially if the person is going to be a lifetime companion. Is this person a faithful follower of Jesus Christ? Does this person love the Lord? So, he says, only those who are above reproach will be allowed to serve me. I will not allow deceivers to serve in my house, and liars will not stay in my presence. Hallelujah. So, these are some basic things that the psalmist is putting in place to help him to live a holy life. And I believe that if one wants to live a holy life, it's important to, uh, to set standards, to set standards like this. You know, who are your companions? He says that we should not be deceived. God is not mocked. Um, evil communication corrupts good manners. So some of these things we cannot take for granted. Who is your best friend? Who, who are you talking to? The day that Adam fell, Adam and Eve, when they fell, and God came looking for them, Adam, where are you? Hmm. He said, I heard your voice and I was afraid, so I hid myself. Hmm. I was afraid because I was naked. 
The next question that God asked us, who told you that you are naked? So, who are you listening to? If you are, you don't have liberty, like as the Bible says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You are not even free in your spirit. You feel some kind of uh, bondage, oppression. Um, you know, you, you are not even hearing from God. You, are, you, you don't feel free in your spirit. Check. What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So, it is very important. The place to look is into the perfect law of liberty. That is the sure place to look. And the one to help us is the Spirit of God who has the power and who has been given to us to help us in everything that we do. So, we have to have a close fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He will even teach us the word of God. He will reveal the truth to us. He will guide us into all truth. He will show us things to come. Sometimes, we want somebody to tell us about our future. But the, the Holy Spirit is the personal prophet that God has given to us. He will tell you things to come. He will take the things of God and he will show them to you. So God has made all the provision for us. And we need to tap into that to be able to live a holy life. Because God has initiated it already. If you are a child of God, you have given your life to Jesus, then God has initiated that ability to live a holy life. But if you have never really committed your life to Jesus, then it is time to start from this point. Because you cannot jump this first point. It is time to go to God and say, God, I know I've been coming to church all right. Yes, I even come for communion and all. But my life is, uh, is far from you know, resembling you. I can't say that I am showing forth the nature of Christ, which is holiness. So I need you to help me. I want to be born of God so that I will have God's holy DNA in me so that I can also begin to look into the perfect law of liberty. If you are not born again, even the things, the perfect law of liberty that is supposed to liberate you, the Bible says that it, is, it, will be, it will be foolishness unto you. That is the carnal man. He cannot understand spiritual things. The nature, the human nature cannot understand or even appreciate spiritual things. Like, for example, one day we're talking about um, the Beatitudes, some of the things that Jesus was teaching his disciples. And he said, if somebody wants your coat, add your shirt to it. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. The person was like, huh? They're not, they're pushed touching as if they're ready to fight. You mean, <laughs> me if you slap me, I'll also give it back to you. Ah, what is that? So that's what? So, 
the, that is the carnal man. These things are foolishness unto them. Like, what? Me, I should give you the coat and then add the shirt too to it. Oh, no. I don't think so. That is the carnal man. But we want to resemble the Lord because He is our Father. Hallelujah. And it is possible to live a holy life. Amen. We want to pray at this time. We are preparing to come to the table of the Lord. And He tells us that in 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7, He says that we should take away the old leaven so that we will be a new lamp. The things, the old way we used to live when we came to know Jesus. Have we gone back to those things? We have to purge all of those things out so that we will become new again. The blood of Jesus Christ is available. He says that come and let us reason together. Come and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as red as crimson, they shall be as white as snow. So you can reason together with the Lord. Pray to God at this time and say, Yes, Lord. Thank you for going to the cross, for taking my, all my wickedness and my rebellious life. Thank you for the provision that you have made to give me a holy life. I receive your holy nature. I believe in you. The psalmist said in Psalm 106, verse 4 and 5, he says, Remember me, Lord, when you help your people. Include me when you save them. Let me see the prosperity of your people and share in the happiness of your nation, in the glad pride of of those who belong to you. This is the good news translation. We are telling the Lord, remember me. As I remember what you did on the cross for me, do not pass me by. Remember me too, O Lord. As you are helping your people, I lift up my hands to you and I say, help me too. Include me when you are saving people include me when you are making people holy when you are giving people the power to live above reproach the power to break free from addictions and sins and, and wicked habits Lord include me include me Lord in this visitation let me see open my eyes to see the precious things that you have made available for me to live a holy life, to live above reproach, 
open my eyes to see the wonderful things in the perfect law of liberty so that I can be free and liberated from sin and its power, its control and its consequences. Deliver me from the powers of darkness that have assailed me and always causing me to trip and fall. Lord, make me your own. Make me your own and give me this desire through the power of your Holy Spirit so that I will always desire to be like you. I will always desire to fellowship with good people, with your own people. The desire to even look into the word of God. The desire to fellowship with you and the Holy Spirit. I say yes to you. I say yes to your way of holiness, which is stemming from the internal workings of your grace and not only focusing on the external. Lord, I say yes to your way. Yes, Lord. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree And my answer will be yes Lord, yes I'll say yes I'll say yes Lord, yes To your will and to your way I'll say yes Lord, yes I will trust you and obey when your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart I'll agree and my answer will be yes Lord yes when your spirit when your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart I'll agree and my Lord, yes, Lord, from the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul, yes, Lord, completely. Hallelujah. Peace and many blessings.